What's up, everybody? Welcome back to If Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on July 3rd, 2022, with my very special guest, Ricardo Guzman. This man I met while incarcerated together. I spent about six months with him in there, and he had been in there for about six months prior to me and ended up staying quite a bit time after me a couple of years. And uh, this is number two of my mini series regarding humanity. And I've been putting a lot of thought into this series and have decided that addiction is not going to be the only topic of discussion. The type of episode that I'm giving you today will not be the only type of discussion. I will be covering all kinds of aspects of humanity. And at this time, I can think of everything from like energy work and healing to mental health to what have you, whatever you can think of when it comes to mankind and humanity. Buckle up. This is going to be a long ride. Um, this episode in particular is going to be a long ride. I'm going to just say trigger warning. As we do discuss incarceration, substance abuse, a large explosion where my guest was burned severely. He has third degree burns up his arms, all across his chest. And uh, we went into graphic detail of that traumatic event and the incarceration that followed. Ricardo served just under three years, two years, 10 months. I just ask that you guys approach this episode with an open heart and an open mind and to give Ricardo your undivided attention and listen to this episode in full. Uh, or if you're watching it, uh, I would appreciate that. I think that might be the best way to do this is to sit through the whole thing. And I hope you guys enjoy. Here's Ricardo. Ricardo Guzman, welcome to the show. Guzman, welcome Guzman. to the show. Yeah, thank Welcome you. to If Plants Could Talk regarding humanity. How are you feeling today? Feeling good. Yeah. I'm glad to be able to put my story out there. Maybe it could help somebody. Hell yeah. I know it will. I know it will. Do you mind starting with some background info? Where you're from? Where you grew up? Maybe your ethnicity? Okay. Well, um, I've been here pretty much all my life in the Animal Valley. I was born in LA, but we were, I was still living out here in Lancaster, mm -hmm. Cortell, Palmdale. So pretty much this is my hometown. Palmdale? No. Yeah. Uh, Lancaster. Lancaster. Okay. Yeah. It can be rough out there. Uh, yeah. Depending on where you're at. Certain parts. You yeah. Know, and, and, and what to do and who you hang out with. You're right. You know, yeah. but if you're, if you're like mainly at home work, you're, you're all right. Is that what you were doing a lot? Focusing on work yeah. and home life? Work, work and home. From home to work. I mainly lived at work, you know? Yeah. Working like 12-hour shifts every day, six days a week. And it was mainly work. Come home and sleep and go back to working. When did you One start having off. kids? When did you start having kids? I had my first kid at 18. Okay. At 18, and then after that, at 20, 
And then I think I was like 24. How old are yeah, you now? What, what year would that have been? Um, if you were 18, what year would that have been? Probably like 2004. Okay. Five. Okay. So you're like yeah. three years older than me. I'm 32. I'm, I'm four years older than you. Four years. 36. Okay. Word, word. Yeah. And did, were you a troublemaker at all as a kid? Um, Not really. No? I wasn't a troublemaker. I would just mainly stay at the house I, I raised my little brother since he was a baby you know mm-hmm. my mom was always working and i was just taking care of my brother my, my younger brother's 10 years younger than me. okay so you know i was always raising him try to raise him right i see that i could see that in you i think that's why we related so well when we met uh when we were locked up because we both had families at home and we both wanted to get back to our families and and work all this stuff out we were always talking about like CPS and all that stuff, you know, like working out the paperwork of kinks and custody. I'm in a custody battle still, bro. And it's, right. it's a headache, man. I've been in a custody battle for five years now. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's dragging yeah, out. It takes a while. Yeah. And they complicated on you when they start putting you on paperwork and, you know, making all these hurdles. You got to take all these classes. I've done all that, all those classes, all those programs, 52 weeks of this, parenting this, drug and alcohol oh, yeah. treatment this. Even when I had six months sober, they made me go. <laughs> yeah, I just I just uh, finished my class not too long ago. Oh, yeah? What was that class? Um, it was uh, ALD, alcohol and drugs. It was yeah. like, a, you know, individual counseling and parenting and all that. For how long did they make you do it? Well, I was, it was supposed to be 18 months. Mm-hmm. I did six months before I got locked up. And then when I got out, I had to start over because I was in there for so long. They couldn't hold my paperwork. Damn. See, you're the so type I, of person that was being proactive and getting it done before they even put you in jail. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as they told me what I had to do, I, I, I jumped on it and I started doing it. And then, you know, all of a sudden they came and got me. So yeah, I had to start over when I got out. Well, eventually we'll get there, but it seems to me like like somebody like that, you were showing you're making effort that there could have been an alternative path for you where maybe, yeah. you know, you didn't uproot your family and, and put you behind bars with a seven-year sentence. Uh, it sounds a little extreme to me, given I'm sure like the event itself was enough to shake you a little bit, right? Of course, of course. Yeah, and then they add all that other stuff. It's just, it's extra. Maybe you should have done eighteen months in a program. Sure, yeah, I I could see that. That makes sense to me. But um, do you mind sharing on what what happened? Like what led up to your arrest? Um, yeah. Well, what happened was I was making wax. Um, I guess I got a little careless that last time because i mean i've made it plenty of times before mm-hmm. everything went smooth you know i made my batch and whatnot that's what i started doing i just i would make a batch then smoke it once i was getting ready to finish what i had mm-hmm. i would make another one you know and then that was just a process but the time that i kind of rushed it was because a homeboy was down from fresno he was going to leave the very next day so I was like, you know what? Don't leave. Like, let me call you in a little bit. I'm going to go make you a batch so you can take it up there. Mm. So, you know, I was short on time. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to, 
I'm gonna do it all at once, you know, because I would run it, purge it at the same time, you know, to take to the to, to cut off a process pretty much. Mm-hmm. And uh that time I turned up my hot plate a little bit too high. And with I was in an enclosed bathroom, you know, no ventilation, just a little fan on the top that doesn't really do shit because everything settles to the floor. You know, you need to have fans, you need to have windows, and, you know, so that get everything out. So I turned on my hot plate and then once it got all red, just ignited everything, you know, blew up my whole bathroom, broke all my windows out of all the house, except for where my kids were at, of course. Uh, all the attic caved in, um, you know, dishes were in the backyard, broke my neighbor's window, you know, and then it's pretty much what happened. Every window except for the kids' room. I forgot about that little detail. Yep. That's God right there. That's, that's right. That's God looking out for your kids right there. Yeah. Damn. And so once that happened, you know, I hurried up and rushed it out of there and took all my kids and told them to go drop me off at the hospital. Cause keep in mind that I was in the bathroom. I didn't have no shirt on. I had, I was no shirt on the top, just my pants, you know? So when it all ignited, it burned all my skin off from my waist up my face, everything, my arms, everything. No more skin, third degree burns. 60% of my body was third degree burns. Wow. You know, so I had, I told him, go drop me off at the hospital. I went, just, and I told him, just drop me off and go and just take my kids, take, just go. And then they dropped me off and I walked in all like still probably smoking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my hair was all plastic. My beard was all like, I looked like a doll, you know, everything was all plastic because it burned. You know, so I dropped off and they, I guess I walk in and everybody's like turned around and looked at me like, oh my God, like, you know, and then they jumped me from there to the front of the line and then uh, waited for them to take me to the back. You know, but once I got to the back then they started examining me and then that's when cops showed up and started questioning me like, what happened? Oh, I was smoking a cigarette and my house blew up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told her. Like, house, I was smoking a cigarette in my bathroom. My house blew up. Like, no, they showed me pictures of my whole house. My house was destroyed, man. It yeah. was the whole the whole attic was on the floor, pretty Damn. much. You know, like when I came out of my bathroom, my door fell off the hinges. Um, and keep in mind, I I didn't like pass out or anything. I everything, all the adrenaline, because I was so I was so high and all the shock and everything just kept me going. So. When I ran out of my my bathroom, I looked at the corner where the two walls connect. They were like separated. Like I could see the stars through the corner of my house. No window or anything, just Damn. in the corner. So, so it was pretty much structure like main big time structural damage to that house. You know, so and like, you can't tell me that this is what you did to, just smoking a cigarette, like. Just going, <laughs> And then once once that question came out, like, so what were you doing? And I, you know what? No more questions. And I just laid back. And then uh, right. I guess I fell asleep. I don't know if I fell asleep or they shot me with something or anything, but I woke up at a different hospital Man. like eight days later. What? Yeah. Eight days later, you lost eight days? Yeah. Like a medical yeah, induced coma or? or Induced coma, they said. Mm. Yeah. I, like I, I was in a helicopter and I don't even know what it feels like. Cause by the time I I like fell asleep, I I just woke up eight days later, maybe more. But 
I was in a coma for like six or seven days, seven days, I believe. And do you have no memory or anything like consciousness? Someone was touching you or dreams, nothing crazy like that? Oh, yeah. I have, I have a lot of dreams. dreams. Dreams are crazy. When you're in a coma, you do, you do dream. Yeah. And you do, you do see, because I do remember, I remember seeing my wife there. I remember seeing my mom, my dad. I remember seeing my little brother, my older brother with his wife. Like, but all that time I was in a coma. So I don't know how I would have, I was able to see them. Damn. It's like I mean, you saw them through your mind's eye or something. Probably, or maybe just, I would I probably heard them and imagined them, you know? Right. Damn. But yeah, it's crazy. That's heavy, bro. I mean, when you first get out of a coma, you don't see nothing. Like you see like a, a tarp is thrown over, you know, it's all, everything. I, all I seen was blue everywhere. Everywhere I looked was blue, but I could hear everything. Huh. Like, I don't know for how long I was seeing blue for a while. And then after that, then I guess your eyes adjust, you know, and then I started, I started being able to focus a little, but everything was like, like if I was super drunk, cause everything was blurry. I was seeing double of everything, you know, to grab my spoon. I had to close an eye and try to find my spoon, you know, but Damn. it was, it was all right. It was cool. Even in the hospital. I don't know. I guess. I'm not that type of person that sees bad. Like when I go through something bad, I don't see the bad in it. Uh -huh. Like I always try to find the positive side of it, you know? And I know I was in the hospital for 27 days. Um, I, I'm, I was alone a lot at the hospital, but you know, they, my, my mom bought me an iPad. So I was fucking around with the iPad all the time. And, you know, the nurses were all nice. I was in West Hills, uh, Grossman Burn Center okay. in uh, West Hills. You know, the, 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 all the nurses and everybody there were so nice. They would come take care of me. And whenever I felt pain, I would just push the button and they'll come <laughs> give me some more drugs. Yeah. And then I'll push it again. And I'll, you got to wait a little, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so not all the time was, but the whole time I was there, I was, I guess you could say comfortable. Yeah. You know, from time to time, I will get a little, a little sad, but when I get sad or when I get mad or, or any emotion, it only lasts for like 10, maybe 15 minutes. And then after that, I'm back to like happy again. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. I've always, I mean, probably sometimes when I was, you know, super high, I'll let it get to me a little bit. Other than that, I'm, I'm not the type of person that likes to hold on to emotion for too long. Yeah. Cause I know it's takes a lot of energy out of you. I don't like that. Do you have any, like, do you think any of that has to do with, like, spirituality, like, at all? Is it, pray, do you pray or do you have a, um, any kind of practice I don't really, like that? I can't, say, I can't say that I really pray or anything like okay. that. Um, I am, I'm Catholic. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't really practice it because I, uh, I don't really go to church. I want to get into going back to church. You know, I, I went to church my whole young, my whole childhood. Mm, Every Sunday we go to church and all that, you know, but now as an adult. I, I haven't been around to going to church. Like I, I want to start taking my kids to church, but it's just, I only got one day off of work and it is Sunday, but you know, that one Today. day I try to relax and chill, you know, but I know eventually I'll get into the, into some kind of church. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I've always just, maybe a lot a lot has changed since I went to jail and all that. Like I see life a lot different now. Me too. 
you know it's yeah. just it's not worth it's not worth it to hang on to anything too deep you know no matter what it, it's already said and done and everything's already in the past like why even dread on it you know? i live my life from the present day and you know i don't look too far ahead and i don't look back never that's wisdom you got some wisdom in you because a lot of people can't say that i can't say that you know yeah, yeah and i try not to look back too far you know if it's some good memories, I'll, I'll look back at it a little bit and then just let it go. Yeah. You know? Let's go you back to nothing. Sorry. You can't do nothing about the past. You know, it's already a, a book you already read. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, it sounds like you didn't get PTSD then. You got you got lucky a little bit because PTSD, you would be having flashbacks. You can't stop thinking about it, you know? Yeah, no, I'm not. You got lucky. Yeah. In that aspect, that's a blessing for sure. So let's, for a moment, before we transition into jail time, let's go back to that explosion, bro. Do you remember the moment it happened? Like, did you feel it? Were you in shock? Did it hurt? Was it was it bright? Uh, it was bright. It was bright. Um, I do remember. I remember I was looking when it happened. I was looking at my, my uh, electric stove. I was watching the coil get hot. You know, I wanted to see how hot it was, how red it was going to get, if it was going to be all of it. It's because I turned my coil all the way up, you know? So, you know, like an electric stove, it starts in the in the very center and starts getting red all the way around mm-hmm. until all of it gets red. Mm-hmm. Well, it waited until all of it turned red. Sorry, I'm turning my light on. So you waited until all of it turned red? I was watching my coil and all of it started getting red. And the explosion didn't happen until it got to the very last bit. Once mm-hmm. all of it got red, that's when everything ignited. Wow. And the explosion was so powerful that it I had a Volton sitting in the bathroom. Uh-huh. It threw me up to the ceiling. Damn. Excuse me. Because of the, I don't know, the pressure or whatever, whatnot. Yeah. You know, I went up, I went up flying. And then when I came down, the first thing on my mind was to reach for the stove. I, I unplugged it and threw it in the shower. I had shower doors in there. Those all broke. Damn. Um, a lot of the picture frames fell off the walls. Um, the TV fell off the wall. It was mounted on the, on the wall. It fell off the wall. Uh, it was, it's pretty crazy. And inside, in the bathroom, I only heard like a, like say when you turn on, when you turn on your stove, when the the flames come out, you know, it goes like, mm-hmm. that's all I heard inside the bathroom. But I had a couple of friends that lived like five houses down. They said they heard over there a big ass boom. Damn. And, you know, I guess the neighbors heard it. And I guess they're, they're the ones that called the, the, the cops. Yeah, you know, I was leaving. The cops were getting there. You know, I was already gone. I already had took everything else out of the house. Like, I probably wouldn't have got arrested if I would have been sober. Yeah, and I would have thought about you know get everything. The because it was a lab, you know, it was a lab. Yeah, I, if I would have just got everything that was to do with my lab too, and just took everything out, they probably wouldn't. Have, I probably they wouldn't have had no evidence to to pin right. against me. You know, but. At that time, I was super high, and uh, I was just thinking about, oh, I'll get everything that has to do with, you know, meth, 
So I started thinking and I started scanning my bathroom and I started putting everything in my pockets that was to do with meth. You know, I wasn't really thinking about the wax. And then, and I even scanned it and I seen the, all my lab, like, ah, oh. my, in my mind, I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, they could find that, you know? And I took off, but I took everything else because I had a, I still had a bunch of trim to make more wax. I still had a whole box of butane and I had all, all that shit still. So then I took all that but I left just my main thing that got me arrested is that. Damn. So and what kind of, what kind of charges did they throw at you about how long did it take before you got hit with the charges? Um, well, when I, when I got out of my coma, a bunch of investigators came asking me questions and I just denied. I, I didn't want to say anything, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess they were already trying to brew up a case on me when I was in the hospital. Um, it took them six months. I got out the hospital January 27. They didn't come get me until June 12. So, damn. About five, six months before they came back and arrested me. Damn. But the cool thing is, is I have a homeboy that, well, it's my brother's friend. He worked the narcotics department right there in the, in here, right here in Lancaster. Uh huh. He called my brother as soon as he seen my name pop up on the the most wanted, you know. He seen my name was like one of the top ones, <laughs> and he seen Ricardo Guzman. He's like, "Oh shit!" So he called my he called my big brother, and then he's like, "Where's your brother at?" He's like, "I don't know." Like, Let me get his number. Like, I gotta talk to him. And then yeah, he said he said he's about to go get hit. They're about to go arrest him. And if and the person that has that his case is not gonna be nice. Damn. Like, they're gonna fuck his ass up before you before he comes in. Like, I'm trying to avoid that. Like, let me get his number. You know, and so he got a hold of me and I told him, like, yeah, just come to the house, I'll be right there. Because he's like, I need to talk to you. And I already knew what it was about. I, like I already knew. I had foreseen it coming already. Yeah. You know, so I was just waiting for the time for it to get there, you know. I was hoping it wouldn't come, but yeah, it, it got there. He told me, like, hey, like. You got a $655,000 warrant on your ass. No more than half a million. He's like, um, what do you want to do? Like, you want me to come pick you up? Like, I could come get you? Or do you want just to, you know, run until they catch you? He's like, but they're going to catch you eventually. You know, and then he's like, I know you guys, I know you got a, a CPS case going on right now. He's like, there's no way around that CPS case if you don't take care of this first. Right. You know, and he was like, um, I'll take you in. Once you see the judge, they'll release you. You'll be in there for like two days. I was like, all right, yeah, sure. Two days. Well, those two days turned into like three years almost. Damn. Yeah, so he came, he got me. The cool thing is he waited for my mom to get there before I could, you know. So I told I told my mom's on the way. Let me let her just get here. So I give her a hug before I go, you know, because I already knew I was going to be doing some time. Yeah. You know, he waited. Let me go get a big drink. I went inside and got some orange juice real quick and then took me to the hospital and from the hospital straight to to booking over there, Twin Towers. Yeah. Yeah. So had you ever been in there before in the Twin Towers? Um I was there two times, both for possession. So it was a in and out. Yeah. One was like uh they're both warrants. Cause I would never go to the the courthouse. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I would always get tickets and I, ah, fuck it, just let it go. And then once they caught up to me, okay, I did like three days once. And then the other one was like seven days. 
no gen pop it was cool yeah i had a similar experience that was was, yeah i can't really say that i've been to jail until that time because all those other ones were just in and out like yeah you know and then i've been to the the sheriff's station plenty of times you know but and all of it was for drugs everything was for uh possession like that's all i have on my record is possession Uh non-violent yeah non-violent yeah no history of gang gang affiliation no no gang affiliation no none of that well once you're in there you you end up with some gang affiliation Uh, yeah, yeah a little bit <laughs> by no by you know it's not your choice you don't got yeah. a choice so they sentenced you to seven years seven years was my sentence that was my deal my plea seven years plus First programs, they were shooting me with, huh plus programs right yeah plus the um trustees and all that no, but took, plus a uh, drug program it was a part of the sentence as well right the part no the- no the sentence was just that just the time that the the programs and all that was part of my cps case i see yeah so that was i could have done it inside but if i would have done it in there i wouldn't get my trusty credit so my day would go back up and then i wanted to get out yeah and i didn't want to do no more time that i had to yeah um, and then i i just said oh once i get out i'll take care of it said and done i got out and i went straight back to the classes yeah and i and i i took care of it Good for you, man. A lot of people don't. A lot of people get out and they go relapse and they don't go back to work and they don't do what they're supposed to do and then they end up back in jail, you know? Yeah. And you did everything they told you to do and then some. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah most- and I, and I, I've I've relapsed a couple of times here and there, you know, not not much. You know, it was mainly like a, a one-time thing. Yeah. I would hit it and then I was good. You know, and I, I didn't fiend for it i didn't want it again like i didn't i have this last time i didn't even like it you know like i noticed that it put me back it put me back to exactly where i left off Mm -hmm. like it's not like i started over again like no it just put me right back to oh fuck i got something in my nose and you know like because i was that bad i was i was losing my mind already i felt like i had bugs all over my face you know, I felt like people were fucking staring at me everywhere I went. You know, it got to the point where when I would see someone stare at me, I would be like, Rawr! you know, like even when if I was with my family, you know, like it was ridiculous. You know, I would be fucking roaring at everybody just because I was on a sick one. You know? <laughs> sick one. Yeah. And even my family, like damn, like everybody, I was with my mom, I would do it like I was to the point where I was even cutting myself, trying to get the so-called bug that I had in my nose out. That's how bad I got. I would not go nowhere. I would stay in my bathroom all the time, smoking, you know, it was just, it was bad. Tactile, tactile hallucinations. That's what they call that. Tactile hallucinations where you think you got bugs crawling in you. Happens a lot to people that uh, abuse meth or any other, some other stimulants too, like Coke and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I always getting I was getting that bad again. And even at work, like I wouldn't even go inside. I would anything that I had to assemble, because I, I do furniture, I deliver furniture. Mm-hmm. I work at a furniture store. Anything I had to assemble, I would assemble it outside, even at a customer's house outside. And like I would just run in there, put the stuff and run out and let my partner take care of all the paperwork, you know, like 
lunchtime would come around and I would try to like, oh, you know what? I'm school. I'm not hungry. I'll just chill right here. You know, I wouldn't even eat. I'll just fucking stay in the truck, you know? And I mean, I disappeared from my job for like three times in the whole, I've been there for 16 years. Damn. In those 16 years, I've disappeared three times, two or three times for like seven months, one time, nine months, the other, and then almost a year, you know, but my boss, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I guess he has a lot of love for me that um, once he got, once I got like, was gone for a while, he would send a truck out to me. He would send a truck. Hey, go stop at Ricardo's house and tell him to get his ass back to work. Yeah. yeah, They would call, they would pull up to my mom's house. Cause every time I disappeared, I would always go hide out at my mom's. Yeah. Have a little room there and no, just don't come out. Don't, I would enclose myself, not come out until I needed some more. Then I'll come out and go get some and then come right back. Damn. You know, and so they would come out and say, hey, Joseph says, get your ass back to work. And he, even he would pick me up. And he lived in Santa Clarita. He would come to my house and, hey, all right, let's go. Him and his wife. You're lucky you, know, you had that, them looking out for you. And they gave you a job right when you got out too, right? Right when I got out. He told me, just go do your time. When you're ready, come out. Let me know. Yeah. Yeah, and I got a raise. <laughs> hey, sure. you need one. We need one nowadays. Yeah, and we need another yeah, one. It's crazy. crazy right now, man. That's tough out there, man. That's another obstacle too. Like you get out and you got all this economic shit going on, and gas is eight dollars, and you know it's hard. Like it was a blessing you had a job for sure, because I, I didn't have that right away. I didn't have no job, so I, I had a few months of making mistakes before oh, i finally yeah. got a job yeah but i want to talk about your time though like seven years is a long sentence it's a big number just to hear it but then we you cut that in half usually you get half time and then what he was talking about trustee credits is uh like good time work time so he yeah. was ricardo and i both that's how we met we were we were working in uh what they call a trustee module or in prison they call it uh what do they call it uh i can't remember but we were working. They put us to work. And uh, that's how I met him. And you had just gotten in, right? Too. We got in around the same time, right? Well, I was there since 2000, 2018. Oh, damn. So you'd been in there for a minute by the time I got in there. Yeah. When I met you, I was already there. I was already comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, because hey. the accident happened in 2017, the very end, like December. And I got arrested 2018, June. Damn. So I was already there for a minute. By the time you got there, I, I was already so, yeah. set. I was just pretty much just writing it. I came in in January, so it was like a good amount of months after you. Uh, yeah. And that's something I noticed about you, though. Like, you seemed happy. Even though we were in this fucked up place, you seemed relatively happy, man. Like, you, you would still smile and shit. And, like, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. When I first seen you, I was a little intimidated because of the burns. You were walking around with your shirt off. Um, this fool looks like like he can get down. <laughs> he's got these burns all over him, you know. And I was like a little intimidated of you, you know. But you turned yeah. out to be a nice guy. He took took me in pretty much, and you know, like showed me around. I think maybe even helped me get a mat when I didn't have one. You you had the row. You had the row at yeah. the time, anyways, right? Yeah. You were in charge of Denver row. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Denver Road, that's right. Yeah, before they moved us outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was Charlie Road. Was it? Yeah, Charlie. Mm. 
Yeah, so we were in the Men's Central Jail, the Los Angeles County Men's Central Jail, which is attached to the Twin Towers Jail. And by the yeah. time I, I met Ricardo, uh, I was moving, I was working in what they called 151. Is uh, 151 is yeah, a module yeah, right. over there in the Twin Towers. Yeah. Let's yeah, talk, that place, let's the Twin Towers that. is, the Twin Towers is fucked up. Yeah. The way they have them, it's like they're animals. Yep. Yeah. I remember seeing, like, it might as well have been a portrait of Jesus Christ drawn out of poop. I'm <laughs> out of the shit. This, this fool is making artwork on the wall with the shit. The first time I ever walked up in there, the floor, the floors were flooded. There was a huge flood. Cause like when the, when the inmates they're in, it's a mental health unit. So everyone in there is either suicidal, not fit for gen pop. You know, they're doing big time, big, some of those folks are in there doing big time and they're not fit for general population. So they put them in here where they can get mental health treatment, quote unquote, but really they just give you a bunch of meds and turn you into a zombie. Yeah. And I remember it was flooded, man. And there was all these naked fools, like just naked, standing there yeah. at the fucking door, looking at you. And there's a glass door you see right into their cell. They, when they would get mad, they would stuff their toilet with toilet paper or their sink and just run the water to like throw yeah. a fit and it'll flood the whole module. And we had to clean it up. <laughs> yep. We had to clean it up. Shit water, shit and piss water. You have, even their food sometimes would be in that shit. Yeah, we'd have to drop it in there. They had a little trace lot. You drop the food into a flooded cell because they yeah. have to eat, you know, but they're like, some of them are so crazy. They make them lay down on their stomach facing away from you while you do it because they're they're known for spitting and pissing and throwing shit at you. Yeah. Literal so human shit. Out and cleaning, all that shit. Yeah. Feeding them was crazy because we, we would like... uh We'd line up the trays, right? And then we would scoop yeah. the food, garbage-ass food. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes it would just yeah. get thrown onto the ground. A couple of times I I went like this. You want your food? <laughs> <laughs> Smashed it on the ground because they were like a child molester or something, and they, they said yeah, some crazy they shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, towards, towards the end, at the beginning, we were we were getting uh, good food, you know, for the trustees. We would get we OPR were. and all that. Yeah. 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 We would get good food, but then towards the end they cut it off. I don't I don't know if you were there or you were there when they cut it off. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, they cut it off. They uh then we started having to eat that bullshit there, you know. What was it called? Officer's kitchen? What was it? Uh ODR, uh officer's dining room. Officers officer's dining room. Yeah. So we got yeah. fed well for doing what we did. That was pretty much like the only perk besides maybe you get good time. Uh, and good time and get out your cell of course yeah 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 it's a privilege to get out of your cell like you're not locked down 24 yeah. 7 but we got locked down plenty of times too i remember being locked down for days yeah, yeah. <laughs> lockdown 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 take it back to and your cells towards the end after you left it was a 24-hour lockdown everybody like if you weren't going to work you would have to be letting yourself like COVID? just a PM shift, the pm shift the am shift they let you move around and do whatever you know but once the PM shift got in, everybody had to be in their cell locked up. You know, so it was it was kind of fucked up. They they did that. I don't know why they they did that. Was it COVID? No, nah, I don't. I don't know. I'm not too sure if it was COVID or because 26, 28, it's a training module. You know, so I guess new people came in, and I don't, I don't understand what what was the big deal about having everybody locked down. Or 
I think it was the new uh, deputy that 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 took care of everything that wanted everybody locked down and all that. Yeah. No, and it would always depend on the cop that was on shift. If they were cool, yeah. the TVs were on and your cell was open. If they weren't cool yeah. or if someone got caught with some drugs, because the trustee module has it going on too. We're the ones moving everything to the jail. We're the only yeah. ones that have feet, right? I mean, we're the only ones yeah. that can go or go the, about. We got wiggle room. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But I mean, luckily for me, I was, I was a hallway trustee. So even when everybody else was locked up, my cells remained open. You know, oh, anybody cool. that wanted to like not be locked down, they would just run into my cell you know, <laughs> and then just hide out. I remember doing that so that we would know a lockdown was coming and I would run over to Sergio's cell or your cell because we would want to work out together. And that's how, yeah. that's how me and Ricardo got close was working out together. And when they were, I know a lockdown was coming. I heard a, a different row getting locked down. I'd be like, Oh shit, I'm gonna run over to the homie spot. <laughs> Hop in there real quick while the door is closing and shit. Like all right, last minute. And we'll do some workout all day. Yeah. And I remember your you your burns are so bad in the beginning, everything was not really tight, right? You couldn't yeah, you could barely do really, ten push-ups, right? I couldn't even get up. If I sat on the floor, I had to have someone help me get up or or kind of like scoop myself on my ass all the way to the bars so I could be able to grab the bars and pull myself up. Like That's it was that up. bad. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't even shower when I first got there. It was hard because the showers were so hot. Damn. You know, luckily. Luckily, there was a broken shower that it was only dribbling out. So that's where that was my shower. You know, no one used it but me. I would just go and let it dribble on my hands and, you know, like pretty much bird bath. Yeah. That, that's how I had to do it until I got, you know, a little used to the water. And then after that, I was like all over the place. Damn. And eventually, by the time I left, six months after I got there, after I met you, you were doing hundreds of burp of push-ups a day we were doing yeah. full-blown mountain climbers working out yeah. all day every day twice a day sometimes you would push me too like i remember you pushing me keep going keep going Foy. keep going <laughs> you know yeah yeah it was it was crazy but yeah i mean i guess it was because it was so fresh you know yeah after a while i just kept stretching out and kept doing my shit that i gotta do yeah because i knew once i got out i knew i had a job waiting for me yeah i knew i needed to get back into my I know not 100% because even now, I can't really say I'm 100% still. I'm sure because, you know, my 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 burns, see, I don't know if you could see, they're still, they're still out there yeah. you know, on both sides. But, Damn, bro. but I mean, for the majority of it, I'm, I'm good, mainly just my arms, my stomach, my back's good, my face. Your you know, face is great. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God that didn't do much to my face my hands there's nothing on my hands the inside of my hands i can move all my fingers you know the inside of my elbow is not burned that's yeah, the only part you got that lucky right there sides. my armpits didn't burn you know all the crucial parts did not burn yeah which is crazy you know it's it's a blessing it is you know oh and now that i'm thinking about it um the crazy thing about what happened to me, about my the explosion, you know, they say power of the tongue, right? Mm-hmm. Any, anything you put out into the universe eventually is going to come back around. So if you say something negative, get ready for it. You know, like if you say, oh, I'm going to this and this, or this is going to happen, or, mm-hmm. you know, you're putting it out to the universe, eventually it's going to come back. Okay, so on, on my, in my um, situation, 
it was a Saturday. My partner at work, because I was smoking with any partner that they gave me, I was I was still smoking all day at work, you know, hitting the pookie in front of them or going to the back of the truck and tell them real quick, hold on, like doing hot rails and you know, all mm-hmm. all my all my partners knew I was fucking around. So that particular day, the Saturday before it happened, it happened on a Sunday. That Saturday, my homeboy told me, my partner, he was like, hey, like, you need to stop doing that shit already. He's like, you already got kids. You're fucking old enough to understand that you need to let that shit go. And I told him my response to that was the day I stopped doing this, I paused and I hit my pookie and I blew it out. (laughs) Once I blew it out, I told him it's a day something bad happens to me. Like I, I, I. called it i called it that that was the very last thing that i my, told my partner that sunday night is when the explosion happened it's fucking so crazy. i as pretty much i said the day i stopped doing this is the day something bad happens to me and said and done yeah you know someone up there heard all right you want something bad to happen to you before you stop here you go damn you no know? for real the day before so, yeah, the day before I put it out uh-huh. there and it came back. It went up there and came right back real quick. Well, would you say that when you were in jail and you said, "When I get out, I'm gonna do good and I'm gonna do everything they told me to do. I'm gonna get my my family, you know, nice and close to me again." Uh, do you think that that put that was also the same thing? Yeah, yeah, it was the same thing. Because if you speak positive, if you speak nothing but positivity positive shit's gonna happen you're right all the time like if you speak negative like just be ready like that's why like i i can't stop preaching because i I mean i I don't preach or anything but like whenever i hear somebody say like anything negative towards themselves or towards you know anyone hey man don't say that it's like you don't know what could happen like like i i lived it through experience you know i said something bad is gonna happen and something bad did happen yeah you know but like I, everybody, like my family, my friends, anyone that I hear them say something negative, like, hey man, don't say that. Like, you don't. Let's, the, the tongue is very powerful. Like it people is. don't believe it. Like, it's crazy. I remember you talking like that. I think that was part of what like drew me because the whole time I, I I can remember kicking it with you hard, you and Sergio. Uh, but damn man, and so you you served three years, right? Just about three years. Yeah, two years, ten months. Mm-hmm. And what was it like when you got out? Uh, when I first got out, it was it was unbelievable. Like, oh my god, I'm like I'm out, you know? Oh man, the process out sucked though. Yeah, the process getting out, Release. all that waiting, and then seeing everybody that was there at the same time you got there leave, and then you're like the last one. Like, fuck, what's going on? You know, I. And then all the stories they tell you, like, oh, if everybody leaves and you don't get your clothes and this and that, like, yeah, they're going to send your ass back. So uh-huh. fucking pacing and pacing and fuck, man, when's my time coming? Was I was there, late, I think, like at six or eight in the morning. I didn't get out till like fucking like two or three in the afternoon. Same shit, yeah. Just fucking waiting and waiting and waiting. Now we keep calling my mom. No, I'm here already. I'm outside waiting and this and that. You know, but once I got out, once I stepped outside, like, oh man, it was such a relief. Right. It was such a relief to be able to hug my mom. You know, I, my mom's the only one that really came to pick me up. You know, I expected a lot of people, but they had 
other things going on. Like I expected my wife, my daughter and everybody to come, you know, uh-huh. but they, they had a funeral to go to Damn. someone very close. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't blame them. Like I was going to be home either way. Like it's going to be their last goodbye to that person. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's understandable. Did you have a release you know, date so- or did you know you were getting out that day or were you still guessing? Cause I remember we had a guess. Like, I think, I think my kick's going to kick in here. We'd be like doing a fucking math and shit. Yeah. I knew I was getting out that day because the person that I worked for, Miss Gonzalez, mm-hmm. she was, she was so cool. She would always look up like Wasn't when you're getting released and it's not. I remember her being fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She- <laughs> Sure. I knew it. I remember her. Yeah. Oh, but she was she was so fucking like she was a bitch sometimes uh-huh. to people. To everybody. Strict. She was a bitch to, except for her workers. You know, I was I was her worker, you know? Yeah. She was so nice to me. She was we would fucking walk around like whenever she would she would always pick me to go work with her, you know? I was always with her, like walking around, sometimes just chopping it up, not even working, but yeah. That was her guy to go with her you know yeah so she would always she would always check when when we're getting out and this and that like mm-hmm. and the day she says is the day we actually got out yeah oh and then two days before that day i told her can you check again real quick and yeah she's like yeah you're getting out hell yeah all right damn so yeah it was but i mean i can't really say that i had it rough in there you know i i no, we had, it, I had good. it we had it good we did we had it real good you know for, for know given the circumstances i mean well, yeah given it's a fucked up place and it's dark and the the cj the men's central is old it's an old oh, yeah. school jail so it's got those hey, were you old there? school bars you know <laughs> yeah were you there for the earthquake i don't know i don't remember twice we had an earthquake twice yeah i remember it raining a lot when i was in there it rained a lot yeah yeah, it's crazy. The earthquake came and they locked us all down. Like, what the fuck? It was just an earthquake and you're going to lock us down? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, you're right, yeah. though. You, but you have a positive outlook, man. Like, some of the shit that i seen kind of fucking stayed with me a little bit. But I think it's, one, because I'm a little more of a bitch. And two, because I shouldn't say that about myself. You wouldn't like that. Yeah. Don't say yeah. anything negative about yourself. I don't, do not say that. Uh, I'm a little. I'm a little softer. That's not negative. That's just a fact. And uh, yeah, some of that stuff stuck with me, you know, but we have different walks of life, different backgrounds, different everything, you know? So, um, but I relate to you a lot, man, like with the addiction, especially. And I know it wasn't easy. Like we had it good, but it wasn't easy. I couldn't imagine the time, the three years. How how, did it feel like forever, bro? Um, not really. I mean, yeah, to for the well, you were there. I guess it did a little bit because I, I, if you think about the time, yeah, it's a long time. But like, I don't. What helps you being in there is don't think about outside right. at all. Mm-hmm. Don't never think about outside. You got to think about you know what I'm in jail because it ain't nobody waiting for you outside. Mm-hmm. Other the time doesn't wait. There, it's gonna keep going, you know. So, and if you start thinking, "Oh, what is my wife doing? Or what is my girlfriend doing? What are my kids doing? You know, mm-hmm. my mom, my dad, like that's just gonna fuck with you, you know." So, pretty much, you have to. It sounds selfish to say, but you have to worry about yourself in that type yeah. of situation. Like you can't worry about anything else, you know. That's why, 
when I first got there, I would talk to my wife in the morning to say good morning and at night, every morning, every night, every morning, every night for like probably like the whole time I was going to court. Mm-hmm. Once I got sentenced and I knew how much time I was going to do, I was like, you know what? I can't keep calling you. Like, it's hard on you. I'll call you like, hard on yeah, you. I'll call you like once a week. Yeah. You know, once a week, you know, I know it's hard for you on the money wise and it's hard for me too, because I just can't just, just ease my mind because I keep talking to you and I keep on worrying about the outside that I, I shouldn't because I can't, there's nothing I could do for the outside right now. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm locked up in here, you know? Oh. So after it started going to once a week and then after that it was like once every other week and then no yeah you forget about the outside you do you have to check out completely the ones that don't are the ones that are struggling but i remember feeling happy in jail i do i remember feeling happy i was well fed i was working out every day i was in the best shape of my life i had i had friends too i had homies that i felt close to you know i could tell anything we joked around all the time and clown and yeah. talking shit to the bars and you know yeah i was i was cool make the best of it that's all you could do is make the best of it yeah. you know it's not it's not the best situation that you're in but you're in it yeah you know you just gotta make the best of what you got just like life that's how life is you know you can't worry about the shit you don't have you gotta worry about the shit that you do have yeah it makes you appreciate little things when you get out, oh, yeah. when you get out, like, so for example, like for me, I wanted to run. That's all I wanted to do was run. And when I, when I was running, I fucking felt high. I felt like, like on top of the world. The first time I ran through the streets, I'm running through the fucking streets. I talked to you one time when I was on the streets too. And there was like yeah. cops. I remember I talked to you because I kept in touch a little bit. I sent you a couple packages and I kept in touch with a couple other people too. And uh, there's people though that I met in there that I would say are my friend for sure. Still to this day, you know, and, uh, fuck man. I can't imagine though what losing three years of life though, like what it could, what the fallout was like to what it did to your family, you know, yes, you have a positive outlook, but it has to have been a challenge. Um, uh, besides for having a job when you got out transitioning back and shit. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, you jumped through some hoops, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, I came out with a big old beard. Mm-hmm. I because I let I let it grow throughout the whole time I was in there. You it know? was huge. Yeah, I came out all all rough, but it was cool. I kept it for like a month. Yeah, a month or so, you know. And then after I got once I got back to work and I was actually doing deliveries and all that, I'm like, oh man, I got to take it off. You know, look a little bit more professional and all that. I waited till I got my my driver's license. Mm. Once I got my driver's license, then I I took it off. You got the photo. So my driver's, yeah, Hell my driver's yeah. license has a big ass beard. Hell yeah, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, little memories, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I remember it was, it was it was smooth sailing in there, you know. Once you got comfortable, the hardest part was waiting to get sentenced. Yeah, because my max was sixteen years. My deals weren't coming lower than 10. Everything was 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 every time. You know, and once they said, this is the last deal you're going to get, you know, it's, it's either you take seven or we're taking your trial. And I was going to lose. Manufacturing a substance? Yeah, they got me for manufacturing and then they got me for uh, family vandalism. And then because my kids were there, yeah, child endangerment, four counts. Four counts. Four counts of that shit. Damn. 
That so should bad. add it up, I bet. <laughs> yeah, it would add it up to like 16, 17 years if they would have ran it concurrent. You know, but oh, so they ran uh, they they put it they all together. Ran, yeah. Yeah. They I mean they ran it concurrent. If they yeah, would have ran did. it more, they yeah, they ran it all concurrent. So my uh my main charge was uh, manufacturing, which it carries three, five, and seven years. They gave me the full seven. Damn. The max. Yeah. The max. That's why I came out clean. No probation or nothing. Oh, I no came tell. out. I was, no tell. Because oh, they maxed out. They can't, paperwork, bro. Yeah. They can't, they can't really. They can't really. Oh, you're still on paperwork? Uh-huh. Holy shit. To win. This next January, I'll All be right. off. Fucking God willing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. They can still tear out through my car anytime they want. And when I get pulled over, I've gotten pulled over a handful of times. But I, every thankfully, every time I've been pulled over, I wasn't messing around. I was doing good. I did really good for a long time. And uh, but they still, I got search and seizure. They got a search and seizure clause. So as soon as I get pulled, if my kids are in the car, my lady don't matter. It, a lot of the times when they they make me get out the car, walk backwards, get down on the ground, all that shit, dude, and then they go through all my car. It's stupid, man. They, they got yeah. all kinds of rights against me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a good, that was a plus for me. You know, I, I came yeah. out with no tell and I had to check in with nobody and, you know. No drug tests or any of that. No drug tests, no nothing. They can't search my car. No, nope, you can't. I, I mean, luckily I've never gotten pulled over since I've been straight, you know. I haven't got pulled over. Uh, not even with my wife's car. My wife's car's all tinted out. Everything's like black, black. You can't see inside her car at all. You know, and I drive that all the time. I haven't got pulled over. And, you know, I, I stay bald. You know, over here, there's a lot of, um, they stereotype a lot. You yeah. know, they see you bald. They want to pull you over or whatever. But, I mean, I've been good. That's good, man. My thing that I wanted to do when I got out was ride my bike. Motorcycle? No, a bicycle. Oh. I, was, I was riding a fixie for a long time. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you get on it? Did you get on it? I, just recently, it took me. It took me a while to get because I had to fix everything, and it was at my mom's. You know, just kind of stored away. And but yeah, just recently I got on it. And wow, it's fucking amazing. I like it. I used to do wheelies on that shit all the time. I had a fixed gear too. I was all in the fixies. Oh yeah, like I don't know, two thousand nine to two thousand twelve, something like that. Yeah, I would ride that shit to work eight miles Damn. to work with all my tools, my drill, my pump my like 20 pounds of tools on my back and just add my pipe and you know (laughs) all the good stuff can't forget that tool (laughs) yeah and with no lights on the way home on the way home it was like i would get off at like a nine ten o'clock at night and i would take sierra highway which there's it's a highway so there ain't no lights there there's a bike path but no lights you know the only lights that there is is where there's a there's a street light there's a, a signal light then there's Two or three lights above that. Mm-hmm. So that's the only lights that there is. And I was pitch black, just fucking riding a <laughs> fixie all the way home. In the desert, too. It's, it is pitch black out there. There's no it, light. <laughs> there's no light out here. Uh-uh. You can see all the stars. Yeah. That's the beautiful yeah, thing nice. about Lancaster. You can see all the stars. Yeah, you can I see spent some time out there, but I was always, always getting in trouble when I was out there. It was never for anything good. So Yeah, you got you, you to gotta kind of have a family to... Yeah. To Anchor kind of do you. good out here, you know, and do want to do good for your family. Like if you're like growing up, you now I had a bunch of friends. 
and my house was always a kick-ass spot, you know, like, because my mom was always gone. Mm-hmm. So everybody would come over to my pad and we'd just smoke and do all kinds of crazy shit there. Yeah. Jump into the pool for my for my roof and <laughs> all kinds of shit. Because I, I, all, a lot of my friends were like, the, you know, them crazy white boys, you know? Yeah. So there was a bunch of crazy-ass white boys kicking over me. and Wilding out. Desert getting, boys. Yeah, desert boys, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so uh, it was... My childhood was fun, I guess you could say. You That's know. cool. A lot of drugs, though. That's the only thing. I started fucking around when I was 14. Yeah. Yeah. At 14, I started getting into drugs. And the good thing about how I did it was I would still go to work. Right. You were functioning. I, would, I was functioning. You know, and I and I think about it like, damn, when I was working and doing drugs, like, I always pictured myself being an old fucking old guy still doing still doing shit you know yeah i never really expected that i would do this big change in my life the way i did that's beautiful man i remember you saying you weren't you were done are you that was always oh, yeah. something you were saying yeah. oh, i'm done that's it those yeah. days are over and yeah. aside from slips that's only natural bro it's hard it's hard i've had slips too it's really hard you know and that's the hard that one that drug in particular is one of the hardest ones to put down yeah you know? So big ups to you, man, for, for doing it. What do you think it is? Like, what, why do you think that things are different now? Like, what, what, what caused this change? Um, I think, I think it's all the emotional damage that happened to me. Yeah. You know, to my mom. Yeah. Not much the physical to me. Cause I, I could live with that. Like, I, I don't really care what I look like or what I went through, but what my mom went through, what my kids went through, what my wife went through. Like, that's something that I don't never want them to go through again. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, there was just so much, in, so much involved in what was lost. You know, my daughter, my daughter, my 15 year old daughter never wanted to come home because she was so terrified that we might, well, I think it's an excuse, but she just scared that we might go back to doing the same thing we were doing, you know? Yeah. But I think maybe it has to do a little bit more of her liberty that she has where she's at. Mm. Nobody you know, telling her kinda, what to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nobody right. telling her what to do, getting everything that she wants. Yeah. You know, and she knows it wouldn't be like that with us. Right. She wouldn't get everything she wants. She'll get everything she needs for sure. Yeah. But not everything she wants. She wouldn't be able to go out at ten o'clock at night to the movies just with a friend. Like she wouldn't be allowed to do that. Over where she's at, she could do whatever she wants. My point of view, you know, I, I can't say that's how it is. Yeah, but that's my opinion on that. I'm sure situation. you're right. I'm sure you're right that that has a uh, has a part to do with it, and just the fact that she's a teenager, you know. Yeah, she's a te- she's at the rebellious age right yeah. now. She'll come yeah, back around. When they get know, older, sure. that's what I always hear from people that went through the same thing. They're always like, just wait it out, you know, yeah. once they're an adult. Because I remember the same thing, too. It was always, fuck my parents this, fuck, they did this, they did that, right? And then once I got older, I was like, damn, you know? All that time lost. I was tripping. Over, yeah, over, yeah exactly. That's why I already, I've made peace with it already, you know? just I know eventually she's going to come back around, you know? Yeah. You're strong. You're strong, fool, because your outlook is 
that takes people many years to get and lots of therapy and and all kinds of shit bro but you have that head on your shoulders to screw it on nice and tight yeah thank you i'm sure the gel really screwed it on good yeah, that, <laughs> Put a couple that, bolt, that had bolts a in there with, yeah that had a lot to do with it the gel yeah the being away from home yeah. the not being able to hug my kids my wife my you know so but yeah, I mean things are things are going. Things are getting going better. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Things are getting better. What's your life like today? You're supposed to spend most of your time at work, right? And then family. Still work. Work. I I love going to work, you know? Hell yeah. Me too. It's uh I would say like therapy. Yeah. And can be. Even and, and, and getting and getting paid for it at the same time. Right. You know, I love every I love everybody that I work with. You know, they're all they're all real cool, and chill, fuck around a lot. You know, uh-huh. but get the job yeah. done. Get the job done. That's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah, yeah. That's and then every Saturday our boss. Yeah, structure. That's what it is. And then every Saturday our boss buys his lunch. You know, so that's always a plus too. We don't have to worry about buying lunch on Saturdays. Yeah. You know, everything paid for. Drinks included. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. meeting your wife uh, before we started, I I was I was telling y'all like, good for you for riding it out, like good for you for doing the work because I know it's not easy to heal a relationship at all. Period. You add all this other stuff in there, you know. I I understand why things didn't work out with people from the past with me because I'm a lot. It's a lot to deal with all that shit. Yeah. You know. So congratulations that you guys, you know, fought through it and are doing the work and doing good and being healthy and yeah. shit. Yeah. When I first went in, I was like, I already, I didn't think it was going to happen, but I kept in the back of my head, you know, don't forget that. I mean, keep in mind that she might not be there when I get on, mm-hmm. you know, that's something I just kept in the back of my head. Like, and and it's perfectly normal for someone just not to hold on for that long. Right. Know? Yeah. So I just kept in mind, like, hey, when I when you get out, like, keep in mind, she might not be there. Yeah. My kids will be there, but she might not. And, you know, I'm grateful that she did hang on. You know, we're, we're okay. Yeah, doing your best. That's all yeah. you can do, right? That's all we could do. Yeah. All we do. do our best. I remember talking to you about that too, because I was in a similar situation where, where, you know, that was something I think we spent a lot of time talking about was like, you know, is it going to work out more or less? Probably more so you listening to me talk about <laughs> listening to <laughs> me talk about, Oh, she, she going to wait for me. She, ain't, you know, she didn't answer the phone today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or when she did answer, you guys were arguing like, yeah, oh, it was bad. It was all bad. Yeah, and I and I, I would tell anybody that I would hear them arguing with their their you know their other half, I would tell them like, hey, fool, like that's not gonna do nothing, you know, like all you're doing is pushing her away. All she has to do is just deny and not answer you. Like you arguing with her, she was just not gonna talk to you. Yeah. And there's nothing there's nothing you could do about that. So why even argue over the phone being in jail? That was the that's hardest not- thing too. They can hang up on you. Guess and what? Not answer- yeah, they ain't gonna answer the phone. They turn their phone off. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah that's why like why answer why even argue the fact like right 
Yeah. If you want to have some kind of lifeline on the outside to, you know, calm your nerve or whatever, don't fucking talk shit to her. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And then a lot of people, there's a lot of people in there like that. Getting jealous too. Who you with? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you bitch. And this and that. And this and that. Hey, fool, like, chill out. Like, she's not going to answer you next time. Watch. And said and done. They don't answer the next time. Oh. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I've, I've, I've argued, argued with my wife while I was in there once, you know, maybe yeah. twice, but. You know, I, I just remember like, oh, damn, like, I can't do that because she won't answer. Like, no. She just won't answer. Yeah, well, you, you guys know, have they got stressors. All the power. Yeah, they got all the power in there because all they got to do is say, no, I don't want to answer. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So, but yeah, I got out, went back to work, and that's where I'm at now, back at work. Shit, well, you're looking healthy. Like I was telling you that before we started, man. You look thick. Like you look like you yeah. filled out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You look good too, man. Appreciate you, man. Shit. This is uh what what 35 days looks like. <laughs> <laughs> 35 days. Something like that. Like yeah. So <laughs> all right. Yeah, if you would have looked at me 35 days ago, you might not have said that. But uh <laughs> it's all part of the deal, you know ups yeah. and downs and got to ride through it as long as you find your way back you know yeah no because it's cool to party every now and then but just don't get too out of too out of hand you know yeah that balance yeah. finding the balance that balance yeah yeah having a job is really useful for that as long as you're not using on the job right you know yeah it can be really good and, for you're not spending too much time on the streets or you know yeah, and then that's that's I think why I also I was doing it so long was because my job didn't really care, you know. Yeah, as long as you did the job, right? As long as you did your job, you know. If I remember, there was one time that my boss found my pipe because I had stashed it in a, in a couch that was outside, and I put it in the, between the couch. And that day, I don't remember. I think I didn't work that day, and I, for some reason, my boss went in the the couch and he found it. And, what is this? Because he's Israeli, and you know, what is this? He put at the pipe. <laughs> and my homeboy that told he told me, uh, the one that told me that to stop fucking around already, uh -huh. he told him, he's like, oh, it's medicine, Joseph, put it back. <laughs> okay. He just fucking put it back. <laughs> and left it there. The next day I went there and I found it. That's just the opposite and, of medicine. <laughs> yeah, I know, huh? That's what he told him. It's medicine, Joseph, put it back. <laughs> yeah, he's it's it's cool there though because he doesn't really care you know yeah once someone else brings it to attention i remember there was this guy that that came to work with us and it was a we were working a lot you know so i was tired as fuck being up all night and i didn't know him so i was like hey you know what i fucked it like i got tired of being so tired and said you know what fuck this i'm gonna hit it in front of him so i hit it in front of him the next day he fucking <laughs> the the next day he told my boss and then we had a meeting, you know, but, and he's like, Oh, he said something about all oh, drugs. You can't use, you could do drugs all night if you want. But when he said that you could use drugs all night, he looked at me like, but once you come here, don't do drugs. Like, okay, Joseph, no drugs. But I just kept doing everything I was doing. You, know? <laughs> and you can't so, stop though. Right. You can't stop. No, you, can't. you can't. You have to have something force you. you gotta be forced. No, yeah. Yeah, you need a force. You need some kind of force. Yeah, whether that's God, jail, something. 
something bad happens Stop. to you, you blow up your house. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why I tell everybody. Oh, like when, when I when I was in the counseling, the you know the alcohol and drugs and all that. I would always throw out the joke out there. Oh, just fucking blow yourself up. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I found the cure. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking blow yourself up. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was, it was all right. You it's know? good to be able to see you laughing, man. Like you just told some heavy shit. And yeah. like people hearing this are probably going to be shook for real. You know, they've never heard anything like this. A lot of them have never heard unless they, you know whatever grew up around that kind of thing but you got a unique story man and a powerful story at that and to see you smile and to rock those burns like they don't mean shit they like, don't mean that's the I, most gangster I, I, shit like, i've ever seen i i, I like my burns that's just harder than any gangbangers i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like i like them i don't know because it's you don't see very many people like this no mm-hmm yeah, man. Yeah, so that's what made you stand out to me for sure. And like I said, it was intimidating at first, but you turned out to be this like kind, gentle soul, man. Really, like you know, you might look one way, you might look rough around the edges, like a homeboy, right? But yeah, I mean, you're riding a, a fixed gear bike, working your ass off, fucking, you know, you're not that. You're not that. People judge, you know, and they'll hear your yeah. story too. And and there's gonna be people that listen to this. They don't get it. They're just going to hear what you what happened and they're going to be like, he deserved it. Because that's how some people look at it. You know what yeah, I mean? That is, that's exactly right. That's a lot of people. And I'm not here trying to change nobody, but I am trying to show them what the truth is. You know, yeah. you, can't, you can't force them to change their beliefs, but you can show them that there's a human being behind all that stigma, and all that bullshit that people throw at, at you because you're a felon or whatever and you serve time and, you know, you blew up like... You're still a fucking good human being, man, and worth love and worthy of love and, and good things to happen to you. And I'm sure good things are going to keep happening to you, you know, for real, because you're so positive. And this, this story might might end up turning to something very positive, too. Yeah, and I, I want to keep telling it. I want to keep telling it to, you know, I tell it to everybody at work. I've already told everybody at work knows everybody that I tell this story to. They say, oh, my God, you gave me chills, you know? Like, mm -hmm. they say that um, the hair on the back of my neck stands up or my arms, like, look, I got goosebumps, and, you know? But I, I tell my story to, like, just about everybody that that wants to listen to something, you know? And I've been wanting to do this for a long time already. I just never knew where to do it at, you know? How crazy and is it that, we, that me and you are sitting here doing this right now? Yeah, that's no, and that's crazy. what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm real grateful that you know I got in contact with you, and you're like, yeah, I got this podcast, and you know, I wanted to tell. You told me what it was all about, and then you asked me what I would like to tell my story. Like, hell yeah, and like that's my way in, right here with you is my way in. You know, and I've told it the whole time over there, and while I was doing the, my counseling and all that, I tell it to everybody in there. But I want to. I want to let people, other people know that I actually could use it, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is the opening the door for me. Maybe people might contact me or contact you to get a hold of me and, you know? You're open to that? If someone, I'm open wants, to it. someone wants to talk to you? All right. If anybody wants to speak to me, you know, I'm open. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure there's people out there that, like, you know, that 
can relate and can uh maybe lean on you for advice or something you know you yeah you got some experience that that people don't have a lot of people don't have of course i mean i was also thinking of like doing that counseling stuff too like how you did Mm -hmm. it's easy but i'll help i'll guide you through it but it's a career change (laughs) yeah that's the thing it's a career change yeah I gotta step. see if the if the money's worth it. Is it'll be better, you know? But that's what I'm looking. No I'm looking labor. to do. I'm trying to, huh? No labor. There's no labor. No labor. <laughs> no labor. No. You just sit there, basically do what we're doing right now, for real. You just, just talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think you'd be good at it. I'll, if you want to run it, like run through it some more, I'll, I'll send you the steps to do it so you can look at it, like research it a little bit. No, right. It's pretty easy. Uh, that sounds good. Cool. All right. All right. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for doing yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. Much love yeah. to you and your wife and your loved ones. And like I said, I'm blown away that me and you are sitting here doing this. I, this is the last thing I thought was going to happen when we were in there. Was yeah. I would have a podcast and me and you would be sitting here with our heads held high. Of course. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, anytime. All right. Just let me know. All right, then. Appreciate it. If everyone could please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and hit that share button, we would both appreciate that greatly. All right. Peace. Let me turn it off.